May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. I invite you to hear now this scripture verse from this morning, uh, Psalm 23. God, you are my shepherd. I want nothing more. You let me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside restful waters. You refresh my soul. You guide me to lush pastures for the sake of your name. Even if I'm surrounded by shadows of death, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they give me courage. You spread a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Only goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in your house, God, for days without end. Now that text, that text is a very familiar psalm to many people who have been in church for many years, Psalm 23. And this was an interpretation of that psalm. And I wanted to mention that I am going to be digging deeper into that psalm today. And not from a purely academic standpoint to strip it of all its beauty and character and get into what it really means. But to reflect on each part of it and illuminate where my soul is led as I hear those verses I dabble in some of this newer translation. I dabble in some of the older, more traditional translation. So I invite you now to hear these words for Labor Labor Day weekend is here. We can mention that too. With the coming of September, it means that the fall season is ramping up. We say goodbye to those long days of summer. Now, for me, it's been a meaningful summer. Here in worship, we've explored the powerful poems of our community. You can see them filling the doors here on the side of the sanctuary. I invite you after the service to peruse them if you haven't. Find one or two that speak to you. Note the author. Maybe find some more of their work. And now, if you've been traveling or have simply missed one or more of our sermons this summer, I imagine you'll be glad to know that I've got a bit of a recap of them here today. I've been here almost every week this summer, and the lessons that I personally have gleaned from the poets and poems of power from our community have been very life-giving for me this year. So here are some sound bites. When lost, poetry can remind us of our power and lead us into new illumination. Practice hospitality and welcome in faith that we will find peace at the end of our lives.
find comfort in waiting. Stillness. Find hope in the words of poets. Claim your truth. Practice a mantra to lead you through the troubling times. Lean into being silly if you need silly. If you don't like a poem, stop reading it. Now, there's much more depth to each of these points in the sermons of the past summer, and they are still available on our podcast. So I invite you to explore them as we begin, as we begin to move into the fall. But before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't uplift one source of poetry that has personally been a source of strength and guidance in my life. So today, as we're on the cusp of fall, Let's explore a familiar psalm, that Psalm 24, with the lens of those lessons to guide us. Hear again this ancient bit of poetry. May we hear it as a mantra or a reminder of beauty. I invite you to find a comfortable position. Hear not this as something from the Bible, but hear these words as though it was yet another piece of poetry. Thank you, my angel. Our God is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters, restores my soul guides me along the right paths for God's own sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of our God forever. Our God is my shepherd. A communal source caring for me and you and all of us. We are sought out when we are lost and not forgotten about when we are absent. Loved when we take a trip to the lake. I shall not want, I lack nothing. I am not led by the forces of our world, not led by capitalism and the idea that I must scrape and scrap and force others down in order to get myself ahead. I am enough. God makes me lie down in green pastures. Though I want to rise and work and toil, though I want to save the world from itself or perhaps claim it for my very own, God will not gently remind me to please take breaks. God makes me lie down, not amongst thorns or on stone, but in green pastures. Rest is a sacred decree, a holy reminder in a time of unfettered commercial growth. 
You lead me beside quiet waters, accompanying me in the stillness of our world, in the serenity of nature. You show me the way that I find a place of peace. God restores my soul, restores that inner part of me that is torn and pulled and clamored for by all manner of worldly vices. That holy center that we all share is made new again at no cost, no debt owed, simply restored. What a blessing and grace. God guides me along the right paths for God's own name's sake. And this reminds me that I am not alone in this journey, never in the most isolated of nights, in an age when we can talk to someone across the world but erect fences to cut ourselves off from our neighbors. When I am turned toward the world and feel like I am facing it alone against the sea of troubles that might seek to overtake me, if I but seek humbly to find a new way, one is made. For my life matters to God. Our lives are blessed to God. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is no hope and guidance to, there is hope and guidance to always be found. Our journeys are not easy. They are full of fear, that looming fear of death and loss. We recognize that we move into that space when we live. We move into that fear of loss regularly when we live abundantly. Perhaps we maybe even take up residence there. It is what comes with caring for life in a world so overcome by death and pain and greed and sin. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Into trial we go, constantly, confidently, bravely, for we move unified with the power of life that came before us, with the strength of our ancestors behind us, with the hope of love ahead of us, and a compassionate community surrounding us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Humbly, again, we know we lack the tools to stave off the fear of death of our lives and our loves. We lack any ability to remove hate and pain from the world that is pressed in at us, seemingly at all times from all angles. But we can take refuge knowing that we need not have those tools. They are already with us. We need not be overburdened with these implements of vindication and protection, for they are present in our world already. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And when I am so consumed by want and desire that, I, that I'm losing what I think is, about losing what I think is crucial, and it causes me to regard others with contempt or malice. The enduring presence of life shows me what is needed to live. 
what we all simply require, a reminder that we are not so different, me and my enemy, my enemy and me, not so different. And though I may be hated, I may be hurt, I am not some abomination. I deserve care. This is our communal birthright. All of us, all members of this humanity. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows, for no matter where we come from, here with God, we are blessed. We need do nothing but be open to receive the blessings of the Spirit overflowing from us. And we find when we are open to such abundance, life flows from us in abundance. What a gift in a world where we focus so regularly on scarcity. The dark valley, that looming shadow remains. The fear pushes in. The enemies stay close. And yet, we can take a moment. We can. We can take a moment. We can take a moment to receive a blessing. We can. Thank you. And in doing so, even for a moment, for maybe an hour once a week, we focus not on what vexes us, but on receiving the grace and the gifts and the blessing that is given so freely without asking. And we offer hope and peace and joy and love to those who witness. We find an abundance. We find we are able to nourish others. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of our God forever. A final resolve, faith. Using our imaginations to help us thrive in hope. It is easy to say, surely we will all perish and succumb to our sinful and destructive ways. Look at all the evidence. And yet, here, concluding this piece of an ancient poet's prayer, we find resolve. Because why not? Surely, goodness and mercy, goodness and love will follow me, surely. For that is what we all deserve and dwell with the divine life forever. Surely we will do this to read and believe, to make a mantra that surely goodness and love and mercy will follow me, that I go first into those dark valleys. Surely I move into those spaces where the valley of death and the looming specter of pain and loss are present, but I bring goodness and love and mercy with me into those spaces. Surely they will follow me. For maybe we are the first to enter there. Maybe we are the first to believe that surely that looming shadow will not remain forever. Despite all the evidence, 
Or perhaps, surely we are the first to enter there knowing that goodness and love will follow us if we allow it to. That is a mantra that I can get behind. So here again, and make a mental note of what you hear fresh in this reading. Our God is my shepherd. I lack nothing. God makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside quiet waters, restores my soul, guides me along the right paths for God's own sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of our God forever. May God bless this reading of this psalm here today and each day to come. May we all find comfort in the poets of today and the poets of antiquity. Amen. And in the spirit of bonus poetry, a few bonus words to cap off this summer. Much of the Bible is poetry, not modern history. And as such, as our own beloved Carol Alice reminds us and graciously offered that permission to do last week with poets, I offer this week with theology and scripture. If you start reading something you don't like, stop reading it. Stop reading it. The Bible is a library, a collection. It contains 66 different books. If you read one or even a section of one and hate it, there's plenty more to check out. We wouldn't give up libraries if we found one or two books that we don't like and contradict each other in there. And so the same, I'd say, can be thought of for the Bible. So I leave you with one more poetic verse from this holy tome, a poem about love from the Song of Solomon. Chapter 2, verse 14 through 17. Oh, my dove, that art in the clefts of the rock, in the secret places of the stairs, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice, for sweet is thy love, and thy countenance is comely. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. My beloved is mine, and I am his. He feedeth among the lilies until the daybreak, and the shadows flee away. Turn, my beloved, and be thou like a roe or a young heart upon the mountains. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. 
We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.